0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Art and Labor. We are um, uh, the podcast uh, dedicated to the ongoing struggle to survive as an art and/or cultural worker. Um, my name is Ok Fox, and I'm joined by Jackie S. Hi, Jackie. Hey, what's up? Ooh, you sound great on the mic. Wow. Yeah, I, I haven't
1: like heard myself in a mic like this, and I really maybe ever I don't know it have you really have you been on the radio like. before? well, I did like a few times when I was like uh i don't know like twenty years ago or something like that but wow, no, not not really um
0: uh, yeah, the radio it's the whole thing. I kind of regret calling our podcast a podcast um i wish I wish I was like the Wars girls and called it a radio show from the jump well yeah
1: i mean the origin of the term podcast is sucks. totally horrible it, like, it actually is a reference to the ipod yes um, that's fucking garbage it is um, garbage
0: yeah um maybe i can rebrand uh, part of art and the art and labor two rebrand that we've been doing lately um mm. but it's so great to have you here um thanks for coming to my house um i'm glad to join you on this zune cast <laughs> Zune guest, yes We are reviving the Zune, baby <laughs> I had a roommate, uh, my close friend Chris um, Who is an amazing designer He uh, had a Zune for so long Like up until like 2017 or 18 or something He like kept fixing his Zune wow. I respected it so much <laughs> Yeah, I'm also like a hardcore like Android guy and I refuse to get an iPhone. I don't want to. I don't even want to get a new phone, even though my screens cracked because I have a headphone jack still. I
1: mean, you're right. I'm not holding that line myself, but uh, I probably should. (laughs) I wish it was easier. I wish it was easier. I feel like this 2024 <laughs> is going to be the year of GNU Linux on the desktop. Let's and go! Emphasis on the GNU, guys.
0: <laughs> GNU, let's GNU. <laughs> I have that computer there is Linux, but I'm not good at it. But I'm trying to be better at it. <laughs> i tech brain. Bullshit. We can go down that road, but we don't have to because you wrote a fucking sick book called Daryl that I fucking loved, and uh, it was so cool to. Uh, meet you randomly at the store um, <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, I really liked that book It was great Thanks Oh, I, I appreciate that I mean, It wasn't <laughs> actually that random
1: I think I was, like, walking around the store Hoping I would meet you at some point Oh um. my
0: god, don't tell me that My ego can't take it <laughs> um, Yeah, I was, like, uh, reading more about, like You started a trans writer's workshop Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, it it didn't get that far. It's kind of one of these things where actually I got some advice from uh, Kat Fitzpatrick, like way back in Mm. the day. and, uh, And she was like, you should pick a really official sounding name. It'll pay off later. (laughs) <laughs> and so, because we were, it was just like, it was like me and Zach Ozma, Julian Shendelman, Jay Bearhat, uh, ah. a few more people. Mia Byrne was around the Bay Area at that time. And Jay, I think, was making the best scenes at that time. Like, um, Gay Apathy, The right. Boy Who Travels. I don't know if you met, you might have seen some of those.
0: Um, I'm definitely familiar, but really, th- that stuff didn't per- permeate the East Coast as much. But I know it's, mm. I know it's very well known.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I was very, I, I only, I... Traveled to LA one time in 2012 and that was like one of my only times on the West Coast in that era. I went, more recently I went like a couple months ago and had a really great time, but
1: I mean, there's a lot of L.A.s, too. Like, I feel like right. if I went there, like... But I I've would, never been I to would, the Bay Area. Yeah, like, I would basically <laughs> just be, like, at, at Venice, like, Muscle Beach. And I oh. probably wouldn't see any of the rest of the city. <laughs> That'd be really um, fun.
0: <laughs> that would be sick. I, I I had a very robust L.A. trip where I saw many, many neighborhoods of L.A. during that trip. And, like, also Pasadena and also Vegas. And uh, so I, I did get around but I, I mean, still Pasadena, have never that's been. That's where
1: they, like, the Big Bang Theory takes place. Right? Oh,
0: yeah. So, really, I had to visit yeah. my guys. I had to see yeah. Bazinga and all the spots you're supposed to say Bazinga traditionally. I, to me, that's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Bazinga. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, also Moonlight's as a Bazinga uh, fan cast. So, um, <laughs> no, I, fucking, I don't know. I, I went to the um, Huntington Gardens and I, it was the most beautiful um, fucking... The botanical gardens I've ever seen. I felt like I was seeing like a new gamut of color when I was there. It was wild, amazing. Um, but I so I like now I'm west now I'm like at not as a, much of a west coast hater as I was in previous years.
1: Did you get into the music scene there at all? Like they this e- band, like the Peppers. <laughs>
0: What's the? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Peppers, my guys. You mean uh, Anthony, my boy, and yeah, and yeah, Flea, yeah, yeah. my other boy. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, me and Flea we we you know, have a history. i <laughs> yeah, no, I wish dude he is hot. <laughs> they all kind of are. I guess Flea's hottest though, my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um no, I did I did go to um non I had a show at nonplus Ultra and um, felt really at home there because I, I was part of Silent Barn for a long time and I felt like I was at West Coast Silent Barn and I was like, oh my God, things are still happening. <laughs> Very rejuvenating. But um, yeah, the Bay Area, like trans comic slash video game scene mm-hmm. was certainly a moment. And I know that, uh, we, yeah, we don't have to like go into that, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me as somebody who wasn't part of it. Well, I mean, I also was somebody who kind of wasn't part of it. I, I,
1: I, I, at least, like, the, the video game stuff. Like, yeah. I felt like those people, I was, like, kind of, like, peering into that world a little bit. Like, just as it was all totally falling apart. Like, I kind Word. of think that people are pretty unhappy about how stuff went. And, like, maybe every single person hates every single other person or something like that. I mean, I, but it, it seems It doesn't it make to sense to me. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, but that's uh, sorry. That's a total fucking bummer. But also another bummer is you wrote Daryl during COVID, right?
1: Well, I published it during COVID. But I mean, when I, did I, you, I, so?
0: When did it start?
1: I wrote it. Um, I started writing it at the end of twenty sixteen. Oh wow! Like basically, over the next like six months or so, I kind of like got to the first draft, and then I would just kind of like kick it around. Like there were a long long time where I was like thinking I wasn't going to publish it or publish it under a pseudonym. And about like once a year, I tended to rewrite it. Um, right.
0: I think I first encountered your work in Kay Gabriel's uh, and uh, a- Andrea uh, "What Crumb's uh, We Want It All anthology. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. I yeah.
1: shouldn't have been in that anthology, <laughs> but I kind of was like in and out of spite in some way. And I, I was like, kind of regret <laughs> like actually even doing it. You do? Um,
0: I thought your poems in it were good and uh, a, a welcome reprieve from like very heavy, heavy Poems.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I definitely like when Kay asked me to participate. I said, like, you know, my, there's nothing that's radical about my work and or my person. Um, my poetry isn't radical; it's sentimental. And, uh, and I guess, like, unless you're, like, one of these people that believes that, like, just sort of, like, being a transsexual is itself such an important political act that maybe it's radical. Like, some people think I'm radical for existing or something, but I don't really think that. Like, I kind of think that if I, I, if I want to be radical, I got to do radical. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, to be clear on this mic, I'm not doing shit right now, so I'm not, I'm not here to front <laughs> at all. Um, but, but anyway, but it was this weird situation where... Um, where I, I think I was just like really frustrated by the like by trans politics in my world and I was like, okay, I guess radical just means nothing at all. Fuck it. Like have have, have a few poems of mine in that case. <laughs> um and that was how that happened. It was just like a deep frustration.
0: I <laughs> think you're in you're well in the tradition of like, say, like a Jack Smith who, like, maybe is um not a radical per se, but like I don't know i think like people need to hear shit like um a cock in every pot and like need to like just chew on some of like that type of like uh attitude or whatever like and criticism of radical politics um and it's like uh i guess that's kind of um around it's like what's the word i'm looking for it's like almost radical by accident by being like well fuck you this is poetry isn't like in itself radical or whatever doing a podcast isn't in itself radical um but yeah but
1: I mean it it can be and I will say that there are a lot of people whose art practice is integrated with their politics and there's a lot of great work in that in that
0: anthology a lot of really cool really like critical work in addition like like yours is more funny and like i've said like i thought a welcome reprieve with how heavy-handed a lot of things are in that but like it's yeah there's it's it's a i think it's a great book and like it 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 was important for that to come out in 2020 i thought like and people needed to like Especially straight people. I don't know. Like I do, I do, I do think that straight people like needed to. They needed to confront more like um, trans poetry, and I think like trans poetry is like taking over the and trans books are taking over like the literary world. And it's not a world that I claim to fucking understand, but I see similar stuff happening in comics, which I am more a part of and do understand more. And I think it's good um, because I'm a trans supremacist. But otherwise, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess I think like, I mean, one of my favorite comics artists working right now is Katie Lane. And so for that's sure, like something that I could say is, is happening. I, I don't know really what's going on in comics world. I, I really I enjoy having like a kind of like a passivity with my when it comes to my taste in, in comics, like people hand me stuff and I read it. Um, Mm. And I don't have like a very directed taste Or a lot of opinions Um, Mm. And so I feel like at some point I had a friend that gave me a lot of like Uh like, really kind of, I don't know, gross dude, life comics kind of stuff. Like, Rest in Power Joe Matt. Ugh, Rest in Power Joe Matt, yes. But, um, God. and then, like, now I've been, you know, but I, I don't know, like, I, I like Jim Woodring. I like The Invisibles.
0: Yes. But, like, I, I don't yeah. really know. The Invisibles is up. trans as fuck, but yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I mean, I, and Jim Woodring is furry culture also, which is also trans culture.
1: Yeah. I guess my my, my my thing about the invisibles uh, and and the trans stuff is that there's like some com there's like some panels that didn't make it in that actually established that ragged Robin is, is a trans character as well
0: interesting I mean I, I I don't claim to know that much about the invisibles it's one my um, often co-host and uh, good friend Eric Cossack Williams it's it's one of his fam- favorite comics and um i'll have to introduce you sometime because you could you could go off on your on grant morrison
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i don't don't, like i don't honestly know about a lot of grant morrison like some of his stuff kind of seems like to be like edgy for edgy's sake like Mm -hmm. um, which is comics I i don't like (laughs) Like, I don't really like horror, you know, and I remember reading like the filth or something like that. And people were like, oh, it's so formally good. But I I think at some level, it just kind of like disgusted and horrified me. And I just like don't like to feel those emotions. Um, I mean, that's totally fair. The Invisibles, um, you know, if I can just like, you know, just abuse the platform for a second. (laughs) Go. It's true. (laughs) You have to go and read this comic because it's actually what's going on.
0: I, I really, I, I think I need to revisit it, because, like, yeah. this is, like, not the first time this has, like, come up in my life that I need to, like, revisit The Invisibles.
1: Like, even the end where <laughs> the
0: story's falling
1: apart, and you start to see the harlequinade and he starts thinking about the internet and language, and, like, it gets really mm. shaky, I feel like I read it again, like, a few years ago, and I, like, even like that stuff now, so... so.
0: I do think I, yeah I mean Grant Morrison not, non-binary icon kind of on the pulse of things I don't I'm I'm open to it. <laughs> but I mean I guess yeah so the trans poetry anthology that came out in 2020 and then Daryl came out in 2021 and it was really really well received and um like I don't like it it it, it it's just awesome to me that I I I can recommend it to people and it's like so easy to read too like in like the kind of diary format and the quick chapters like like I don't I like, like I'm functionally illiterate cuz I like comic books like I, I mostly read like I I'm like addicted to pictures and images so like I I have to like I like when I'm reading fiction I prefer comics and I do read theory and not and history and stuff but like it's <laughs> like I'm not like I'm really not in the like I don't know anything about novels I don't know anything about shit but I do think it's interesting that we're in a time where like trans authors are like on this huge up it's kind of nuts to me
1: yeah I'm seeing that happen a little bit and uh I don't know it's going to take a while to see kind of what it all means um yeah I haven't been keeping that close of track of it which makes me feel like kind of kind of bad like maybe it's like my like I'm supposed to now like take more care of other people's work but I really like uh I mostly stay close to the work that I love and that mostly means you know I'm out I'm not you know I'm reading the dead poets kind of that's that's sort of my world
0: that's really cool yeah you were you're um like uh, hippie meets of fucking um, old Chinese poets. That I was like, I know nothing about this. This is crazy. Like you know. <laughs> oh, that was that was just a joke. This is. But a, it is a good joke. Yeah. This is my this is my <laughs> translation of uh, Li
1: Bai or Li Po's um, Jade Stairs Lament. Um, bring a bucket and a mop for this wet jade staircase. Dew is soaking through my
0: socks on this wet jade staircase. That's all I got really good, really good, glad we got that clean, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was thinking about, um, like, Daryl as a character, too, um, and, um, I was thinking about, like, I, I read, um, I don't read a lot of, like I said, I don't read a lot of fiction, but I read, um, I forget well, the fucking author, but My Manservant and Me, it, um, it, it's, like, th- this old, um, like, gay French guy. It's, like, a night boat book. And it's a kind of similar type of guy. Because wasn't, like, Daryl, isn't he, like, a landlord? He, like, has money?
1: Uh, he has money, yeah. He's not involved in any rentals. He's kind of, like, like a little inherited? Bit, yeah, he inherited some money. And he's, yeah. he's kind of out of the world a little bit.
0: And I, I, I often wonder about, like, the relationship to, like... Um, uh, it's either like you go to college and you learn that like being trans is a thing or, or like you have like some sort of space and wealth to like do the internal work to figure out like your self-identity or something. Um, And uh, it, it was funny that I read y- your book and Manservant in Me at the same time because like Manservant in Me, it's another like Ha- like, it's like he
1: found out it's possible to be gay.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. or like it's it's like this fu- like man servant. It's like this fucked up like f- situation between his manservant. who like and, and but it it's like the fact that it's like the the type of characters who like have these big internal diaries are like always these like uh, the people who have the time and space to do that, um, and I feel like COVID was this time where people had a lot of time and space to do that too and i'm i'm wondering like uh i I was like wondering a a little bit about like that relationship to like interiority or whatever but it feels too heady to even ask because i'm so out of my depth as we've talked about privately about like
1: you don't you know, you have to take <laughs> yourself down it's a really it's a really interesting place I and mean, I, I can kind of like try to go there with you I don't I don't really don't have answers about anything like that I don't know how anybody would yeah but like uh it's I do think or... that there's a relationship between like you know what we think of as the mental interior and having a physical interior having a place to retreat to um and that's not so different uh for asking for a room of one's own and you know and who has that
0: um, yeah and I think about so that relationship to like, ha- like, like having the space to pursue cur- curiosity, and like, or like you know even if even if you like don't go to college or whatever you have the space to like, go and like read books and like like I've met like a lot of like older like cis men who are like super into like Whitman or Hemingway or whatever, and they just like they get really into them as like people. And almost I heavily identify with them, um, and I'm like, oh, that's gender, kind of.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're heavily identified <laughs> with Hemingway, they're having some really serious problems. Right, have like, used some help probably. Yeah, um, that didn't go good for Hemingway. No, um, the Whitman thing I think is a little more cute. Um, yeah, or, like, or Daryl has an epigraph from Whitman.
0: Right there, the, I knew there was some relationship there. Like, like, I don't really. Yeah, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I mean, there the, at the front of the book, there's a quote. From oh, a poem. the quote, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, and, uh, epigraph. I don't know. Talking shit. about how bad he misses his bros, basically. You know.
0: I wish I still had my copy. I keep lending it to people. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the best thing that I could hear is happening with the book. You know, like, I kind of feel like it's. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's nice. It's nice to hear that people have like a real relationship to it. Like, because I, I feel like you know we tend to react to work that's just new kind of because it's new and there are these like really short attention cycles and it's been like really heartening. Like, honestly, I didn't care that much about the reception, like when it came out, but now that it's like a few years later and like Mm. hearing that people are still reading it or having a reaction to it or thinking about it has been like really gratifying, really a sense of like, Oh, okay. I guess we did something there a little bit by accident.
0: It's, it's, it's like holds up. Like it's always going to be a really accessible read, I think. And it, it, honestly like you know i don't mean this as like don't take this wrong way please but uh, because i'm obsessed with the world of like fan fiction and like the like a lot of my friends are like really heavy like fan fiction writers or like um consumers and love like erotic work like that which is like often written in in kind of a similar way i respect slash
2: yeah like i feel
0: like actually (laughs) Like, way back in the day,
1: I, um, like, a friend of mine was, like, a really prolific, like, Harry Potter slash writer. This was, like, before Harry mm. Potter became, like, all about transphobia or something <laughs> like that. You know?
0: Yeah, retconned. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I, 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 I thought it was bogus. I mean, somehow it was just, like, the age, my age was wrong or something like that. Like, I was really into not being a kid by the time those books came out. And so... Yeah. Uh, I just like never would have really read it, so I've, I feel like I've read like a fair amount of Harry Potter fan fiction, but I've never read any Harry Potter. Love that. That's um, great. That's and, uh, That's but, but I think like my friend was like really like hated within the like slash community for writing too much like het shipping, you know, like the, like writing wow. like Harry and Hermione stories, and people were like, <laughs> "This is some cancelable stuff. Like, don't you know what this is for? Like, this is this is queer." And I was like, "This person is really queer. Don't don't worry, you know." Um, <laughs> But, uh,
0: uh you could headcanon hermione is trans or harry is trans and then make you know whatever you want to do and your in your, well, in your mind palace <laughs> uh, yeah i, I mean would kidding. that make it clear anyway <laughs> i don't i don't want to say so actually i mean this is a no, question they still... did
1: deliberate on on 4chan or something but uh, true i mean
0: i don't give a shit ultimately but um yeah it's funny like uh, jk rowling even like sued the like harry potter like Mm -hmm. fan encyclopedia like and like like trying to take rights over like all fan work too which is like an interesting case to to peek at sometimes
1: people really (laughs) don't know how to be happy you know like as as people in this world that don't know how to take yes for an answer can you imagine having a billion billion dollars (laughs) if (laughs) if somebody wants to give me a billion dollars i promise to be nice like or at least nicer than that you know like i'm not gonna (laughs) <laughs> devote my life to being like you know i
0: i was like i was reading um an interview with you like this is kind of related actually and 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 you'd said something about like like the way you wrote um Daryl was like kind of like as like you like you'd throughout your day and just kind of like letting go of like however that like chapter ended up like sort of.
1: Yeah, that's a really important practice for me. Like, I think that somehow, actually, the surest way for me to, like, kill a project that I'm working on is to make an outline or, like, have a real plan of where things go. I have to be able to, like, continuously surprise myself with what characters do. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm not sure this is like a good idea, you know, in the sense that I'm not super productive as a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am like looking at, you know, like I'm watching, you know, like as you say, like there's like this like literary transliterary takeover or something like that. And I feel like actually I'm probably going to be one of the people that gets left behind by that because I just like, am not like chasing the moment and like keeping myself in circulation and like gotta get something out today, gotta get something out tomorrow. And like, I completely respect the people that are on that hustle. Um, but my relationship to it just doesn't have a lot of that and it's like very into kind of like being faithful to the dream in certain ways and like you know it's kind of funny like I mean you might say that like this is not a very materialist kind of like demystified like uh way of viewing art but like a lot of stories that I've written who wants that like you know like I just like woke up and like couldn't get out of the dream and had to write it down like that's kind of how they actually happen
0: that I think is like a it's kind of like an artist's artist way of making work to be honest and I think it like that type of work tends to stand up to like the historical test more so than works that are very worried about like the zeitgeist or like their like media um timing or whatever the fuck like I think it's very kind of Lynchian, sorry to say, like if that's, we, if that's an annoying comparison, but like, I love David Lynch and I think that his work has um, a, a lot of like spontaneity in it. Like, you know, they had these like scripts for Twin Peaks and then they had this like random set dresser who was accidentally in a shot and then they changed the whole fucking Yeah, no, some power killer Bob. Seriously. And like that, I think gives it mystical spiritual quality that people like are always going to like have a lot of fun and like fulfilling an analysis of.
1: Yeah, I, I also, like, I love the way that he embraces overacting. Like, I think a lot about uh, Wyndham Earl in the second season of Twin Peaks as, like, a character I kind of love on screen. Which one is she? Uh, uh, Wyndham is, uh, he's, like, the sort of the oh, villain he... in the second part of the of season two. Oh! He's, like, the, the, he's always using disguises and, uh, you know, he's... So a, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he was like he was not a television actor, and he was like mm. a Shakespearean, and like he doesn't really have a lot of other TV and film roles, and he just ridiculously overacts yes. everything. it um, stands out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it makes him feel like, kind of like a uh, Batman villain. Did I just fuck up the record? No, no, record? no. Okay. You're good. Um, yeah, it just <laughs> makes him feel like a, I don't know, like a comic book villain or something like that, like completely out of place in that script, you know? <laughs> We're all loves fools, more
0: <laughs> or less, you know,
1: that kind of thing. And just, I can't quite do his voice, but...
0: Uh... No, it's, it's distinctive, and it's bold, and like, it's... Um... It's uh, unique and like that is like much more interesting than being part of like a, a milieu or a moment that's like gonna get like talked about as like a uh, bullet points of like, oh, here was this moment where there was like a bunch of work that was really similar and had like these like really muddy, like, uh, you know, mass market book covers that all came out at the same time or whatever like it's fine and some of, and some of it it's not fair that they're getting lumped in in in, in like genre or like a, a cultural moment or whatever but like I think uh, it's more fulfilling to like yeah like give your art voice what it needs and it's nice to be in a position to be able to do that um, and yeah that, that's like the dream, honestly.
1: <laughs> you know, it's weird. I, I like, when I look back at Daryl, I actually see some stuff in it that is too topical and kind of annoys me. Like, I feel like I like mentioned 4chan or something in that book. And uh, now I think that like, I would be very happy to forget that. Um, yeah. Like, I think there, there are definitely moments in the book where I think I'm like responding a little too much to the moment or to whatever anxieties I had. I mean, when, when I wrote it, I was living... Uh, in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, like Trump had just gotten elected, and I was kind of like a little, you know, it was like relatively early in my transition, and I was like, nobody looked like me in that town, and mm. uh, we started to have all these problems with like, uh, I don't know, like neo Nazis like tagged up the local bar, about fucking
0: Oregon as a state, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that is the that that is the history there, and I remember being really disturbed because also like the locals didn't often know that history. Like I told them about. Um, uh, what is his name? Um, uh, Brian Mock and Hattie, Hattie Mae. uh, God. Cohen. Um, you know, and that they were like, we largely remember them through the work of the lesbian Avengers, I think to, to memorialize them, but they were, you know, disabled gay man and a black lesbian who were living together and they were firebombed by neo-Nazis. And this was in the early 1990s, um, in Salem, Oregon. And yeah. I feel like that's a that's a piece of history where, like, what really scared me was in the our thought that, like, it's in our lifetime, but also, like, even, like, young, young queer people like, d- didn't know that story. Mm. Um, and it's, like, not exactly clear of, like, how you want to memorialize that or how you want to respond to that. But, like, there was often this kind of, like, self-concept of, like, well, you know, like, we're kind of like a liberal college town, which is true. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our state mostly elects Democrats, which is true. But there's this other current uh, underneath it.
0: Uh. Yeah, there's a lot of like um, stuff like that that I think, like I I I, I sometimes sh- like you know I, I I understand like the kind of sentiment of like, um, like people like like or it's like the meme of like uh, uh, like getting called out for something and then having the band-aid say like I'm queer or I'm I'm disabled or whatever. Um so I so I get are we going to
1: solve the cancel culture problem? Right oh yeah, now? we're going to okay. fucking <laughs> soon. It. No, I'm gone I, too
0: far. I all I'm <laughs> all I'm saying is like it it, it, it I, I, you know I I've lived in this neighborhood for for 10 years and and um seeing like waves of people come in who are like like you know decked out in like lefty like signaling sort of like like look and gear and like um and who just know nothing about where they just moved to or or, like whatever like or like that like it it it, I mean, it can we're not be. Born knowing, so. No, I mean, I, no. I do really appreciate
1: it's, that you like, because I've seen you actually try to tell people uh, a lot of these stories.
0: It's like, and it's also like a game recognized game thing. It's like I was that person once, and it's like, mm. um, I, I I wish that more people had the kind of wherewithal to, like, seek that history out, and also like, that I wish that there was more resources to provide that history, which like. Or like I don't know. I think it's like, like it's cool to be able to inject that more, like when we're like talking about our artwork. So I don't know. I just appreciate taking the the time to tell that history of Oregon.
1: Yeah, you know, just on it, the
0: mic just now.
1: It it matters. Um, and I mean I'm sure probably most people listening to this are East Coast, but um, yeah, you know the, the stories are everywhere um
0: yeah yeah i mean it just yeah it 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 just ground like reminds me of like yeah being here and like there's like a neo-nazi history right here in this neighborhood like that's very similar and like people I, don't, I don't really support know those
1: it. guys i'm against the pretty much everything you know me too doing,
0: dude so. <laughs> i did feel like
1: i could I, I thought I was going to really, like, hold back my opinions today, just so that I could be We're going to
0: find way. the German boond, and we're going to f- get them out of here. <laughs> we're going to find the... that There's, like, a neo-Nazi guy who's still, like... I think he's still alive and lives in Forest Hills, and people, like, know where he lives and stuff. It's, like, pretty fucked. Wow. It's pretty fucked. <laughs> Forest
1: Hills, of all places. That's, that's bizarre.
0: Uh, I mean, it's... Yeah, well... I don't,
1: don't want to speculate on which neighborhood would be the best for a Nazi to live <laughs> in. I, I actually have some ideas about that. but um.
0: <laughs> They're kind of low-key everywhere, which is really scary and fucked. But um, they are fucking off to Florida more and more, which is is uh, very nice um, to like see, see it get better, honestly, over the years. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, I (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I got people in Florida, you know. Oh, I feel bad for Florida. uh,
0: For sure. I, it's, it sucks for Florida, for sure. And I, and I've said this on the podcast before and I, and I still mean it every time I say it. Um, I think that the people of Florida who want to escape Florida have a historic right to New York, whether it's for climate change reasons or you're queer, I think they have; they should ha- be given like full uh, integration into New York City, like as a sanctuary city from from Florida. <laughs> like, wow. that, like, I I do think that because it's yeah, that's that stuff is totally dire. Um, but I mean, I think
1: there've always been links of comedy between uh,
0: Miami and the Catskills. Miami and the Catskills, interesting uh, is. Well, the Catskills has a, does have a comedy scene. I do know that there's a lot of, like, weird old heads who have, like, a theater there, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think, like, the days of, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, Kenny Youngman and the, the era <laughs> oh, really? of, like, okay. kind of, Borscht Belt comedians. <laughs> there you know, we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's historic that's important i mean i mean i wrote a book that was kind of like a take my wife please kind of joke right i don't feel like in real life by the way i have to say like the one review that really (laughs) disturbed me was that somebody said that like it was a book by like a real life cock or something like that and i was like wow huh you you really (laughs) believed the story like that's great but like it is fiction um and i had somebody else like you know kind of hit me up and was like oh you know like i've never met anybody else that was in the lifestyle and i was like you still have not Um, (laughs) but, uh, respect.
0: I think it's very clearly a character. That's so funny. (laughs) Like, it's like, your name is Jackie S. You're the author on the book. The character's name is Daryl. That's the title of the book. I don't understand how people (laughs) would. Well, I mean, I get it. I mean, he says
1: some stuff that I think for sure. Um, uh, Little but a lot things. of the characters do. I mean, I feel like right now I'm probably much more like Moonbeam. If, if anybody's, I, w- I
0: honestly, yeah, I was really. gonna bring up the like the main trans girl of the story, right? That's Moonbeam. Oh no no no. Or, no, no
1: Moonbeam is the young hippie guy.
0: Who, oh, uh, has this conflict with uh, Uthun is the Uthun. Is the right 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 right. Like oh yeah, the so Moonbeam is is that who. I mean, spoiler alert for Daryl. Go read it if you haven't read it. But isn't that who Daryl ends up with at the end, or is that someone else? Uh, no, Daryl ends up. Uh, I can't remember. I, I don't want to say. You don't want to say. But, um... Oh no! There does. Wait, the, so I remember like part of Daryl is like, Daryl is corresponding with the um, collective, like the orthoon or in Portland, right? She's in Reno. Or in at Re- the time. Oh, in yeah. Reno. And, um, and then Daryl goes to Reno and kind of thinks that maybe he could be trans at a certain point.
1: Yeah, he thinks about it yeah. and he decides against it. Um, and I kind of wanted to represent that sort of deliberation and also have somebody be able to kind of think about that. And he's not really wrong. You know, like I think there are a lot of people where it's like, you know, we are all in this process of kind of becoming who we already are. And so, you know, whatever you do, you're going to kind of select this thread in your life and say, this was the stuff that mattered. Mm. Um, And so I think if Daryl was to, you know, if Daryl was a real guy and he turned around tomorrow and he said, told you that he was trans, you'd be like, sounds about right. Seems like your life's kind of going to hell, but like maybe you should like work on some other stuff at the same time. But like, sure, you know, like, seems like maybe you'd be happier that way. I don't know. But also, he could not, and that wouldn't particularly be sad either. Um, I,
0: I often call, when I'm de- describing the novel, a uh, will-he-won't-she transition uh, story, or, like, deliberation, or, like, like, something like that. Like, what, like because it's because yeah me reading reading it throughout was was like what way is Daryl going to land type of thing that's interesting <laughs> like I, I know
1: a lot of people had that reaction and i, I kind of wanted that to be like a pretty minor thread in the story i mean like he has a lot of
0: uh well i think i'm just been, an Lee egoist and it's like one of the ways, <laughs> one of
1: one of the, the many kind of possible lives that he kind of tries on
0: no for yeah. sure there's a, a lot of things that stick out in the story but like me reading it as a trans person was like that definitely Stuck out to me mm-hmm. was like the, the deliberation of that. Cause yeah. And it, and it may, and it makes me real reevaluate like my uh, journey or whatever. And like the conclusions that I come to or whatever. Um, so it's fun kind of ref- reflective, uh, like, I don't know. It's immersive. It's very cool. It's very like character study. And um, it's, it's interesting to try to, um, yeah, inhabit the, like, super internal space of some, of, like, like, somebody else, like, who, like, could maybe also be thinking about these things, like, I feel like I sometimes take an anthropological approach to, like, like, people in my neighborhood or whatever, where I'm, like, like, I'll walk down the street and and there'll be somebody who passes me who's dressed really similar as me, who I can tell is queer. And then another person will pass by who is also dressed really similarly as me and the other person who I can tell is not. Wow. (laughs) But it's like, how do I what what is that judgment I'm making? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when I see somebody that's dressed
1: really similarly to me, I assume that they're like, I don't know a 60-year-old straight woman or something like I I don't really I don't have a particularly queer style I don't think but you um,
0: you got you got the basics down mm -hmm. you got the basics down maybe I'll get there I I did I
1: think I thought about this the other day because I'm I did I I participated in some program and my friend said wow I I can't imagine you doing anything that has the word queer in the title like or at least not in public and I was like damn that hit twice um (laughs) Like I don't know if, if that's how I want it to be. Like maybe I should I should try to like
0: put myself out there, let people know that like you know. Yeah, I I mean I, I, yeah I I don't know I've I've I'm like a kind of similar mind as you where I don't like to be like um like put in a particular identity box and like marketed that way or something like um I, I I've always felt like. I, i'm just uh i'm just and i've always been this way or whatever but um it's it is yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> no I, I i want to be marketed to really aggressively i'm really? ready to wear some rainbow ricks
0: i would love that <laughs> i mean i i like to be like I, I i mean i like my style and i like style and i like uh like uh to have things but i i think it's more like i don't like i don't it 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 always like was hard for me to commit to being like i am a trans artist um it's it's more like i'm like i'm interested in trans liberation and queer liberation but like kind of more for like everybody um not as a like this is the type of work i do or something i don't know
1: well I mean I do think that there is a little bit of tension in being a trans artist because I do think that trans is a like a self-erasing category um, for the most part you know like there like most people who are trans have spent a fair amount of time kind of trying to look less trans you know that there's a way where I'm like mm. you know cuz I could have stopped at the beginning and not done anything physical and just sort of asked for recognition of my identity and my intention. And these are my name, this is my name, these are my pronouns or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I could have had like a more kind of like, I don't know, uh, just like a more challenging embodiment, you know, like I know, and or I could have been a person who's like, I want you to like have to think about what pronouns you use when you talk to me or something like that. And I know a lot of people that are into that kind of gender fucky kind of approach. Yeah. Actually one of the first trans people I met was like this and you know, um, Changed pronouns all the time and was like really into um, kind of like uh, uh, the the dispute about the whether black should have a capital B and would write it Whoa. like capital B slash lowercase b black and was was really into this idea that like um, you know like really surfacing the conflicts in language and yeah. so like nobody kind of really gets to feel like they're getting it right um, and. Uh, you know, I can now flatten this out and say they, but actually I probably would have said he at some times and she at other times.
0: That's um, really, it's bold and brave and, and cool, honestly, to to be that, like, it's it's like a, it's a confrontation, like every time you have to fucking talk to somebody.
1: Yeah, and I I love people like that, but I also am so utterly not doing that. Like, it doesn't right. really make me feel good to to deal with that, and I felt like I sort of was like, Constantly subjected to that for a few years or subjecting myself to it or uh, Mm. I don't know how to how to really put that But I really have found a lot of relief on the other side of it So when I think about being like a trans artist or something like that, yeah, it's really a little bit uh, Doubtful to me like, you know, how much do I want to talk about being trans in public or in what spaces like it's not a secret yeah Um, but I wonder about like what that's going to mean for that category, especially as we get like more of a critical mass of like, you know, people who
0: transitioned really
1: young, and so they like, they really live lives where they don't have to talk about it in the same way.
0: It's um, yeah, it's true. It's it's yeah. As I don't know, I am, I am like yeah, millennial time, and I also started hormones like eight years ago. And kind of went this very like gradual way. I don't really have like a real name. Um, like I go by like like initials that don't really make sense. But um, it's I'm I I don't feel like uh, yeah equipped to, to be like a super like trans spokesperson. I'm also kind it's of not like true uh, for Okie doke. Okie doke, yeah. It's kind of fun. That's that is fun. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. I do like that. Um, but it's you know. Uh, I, I I was when I, in my early transition, I would get into conflicts with people kind of on behalf of other people who w- were very uncomfortable in certain spaces. And I was like, like, you can't misgender this friend of mine. Like, it's not right. And I, I felt like I, I was doing it for myself, too, in a way. But it, it was like, uh, like, years later, like a lot of those conversations I had. A lot of those people I was confronting came out as trans later, and were just maybe like um, resentful of people who were that bold and brave to 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 to, to say what they wanted and and be really like <laughs> intentional about it, and um, and I, I go back and forth on on this stuff because I'm like, yeah, it would be cool to like pass, and it would be cool to uh, like be seen as a man properly all the time. Maybe maybe that's what maybe that is what I want on some level. But also, I hate like a lot of how the entire structure of like society runs at all. So it would also be really cool if I was a pregnant man or if I never get top surgery and I'm like, I keep doing drag where I am like wearing bras and like, look like insane with like giant hairy tits. Like that's also cool to me. (laughs) (laughs) It would just be nice to live (laughs) to, to, to uh, like, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it sucks to be, pigeonholed in a way but um also I'm doing it to myself I don't know (laughs) I'm choosing to do I'm choosing to change and be different at the same time I don't know
1: yeah I mean they're (laughs) all really quite hard decisions and I I don't know like I don't I don't really like to moralize too much like kind of how people totally world um I don't know. It's weird for me to think, like, I, I know a lot of people who have all of these stories that they say all these people in their lives, like, started transitioning. I really don't. Like, as far as I can tell, basically, like, nobody, maybe not nobody, but, like, I really think, like, basically, people that I know, they, they know how to play their position. <laughs> Which yeah. <is> good uh, <laughs> I, no offense I, if anybody wants to do whatever do do whatever but I'm, I, I, I kind I, of enjoy the idea I used to, idea. to
0: work for a queer elder organization and I met a lot of trans people who came out in their 70s and 80s
1: wow very
0: cool yeah very, yeah uh, everybody's on journeys everybody's I mean, that's moving a new 30. yes
1: we're 70. gonna live we're gonna live for <laughs> a thousand years and we're gonna work for 900
0: so uh, Oh my god. Could you imagine if the life expectancy was going up instead of down? <laughs> I, I like the the life expectancy has been going down very consistently like my whole adult life pretty much. <laughs>
1: I think it's going to bifurcate, you know, and like some people are going to live a really long time, and other people are going to be their prey, Ooh. you know, like as they like drink our blood. Yeah, you know saying? like it's
0: yes, the the blood, the the. Have you um, ever seen
1: Vampire Hunter D?
0: I sure have.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be like that.
0: That would be that would be sexy at least. I I think instead we're getting like um the big tech aesthetic blood getting, which is uh really not very oh, fun. Oh, that creepy little twink. Yeah. I've, yes. That,
1: that guy. I don't like, I don't like seeing pictures of him. It something sucks. Of that.
0: Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Or like the, um, yeah, just the, you know, adrenochrome, like, like that type of like, or prey, the prey of the, uh that, that people like Peter Thiel are doing or whatever. <laughs> like, it's not sexy or fun but it could be. I really do like the new iteration of Interview with the Vampire. Um, I
1: haven't seen any iteration of that. It feels ooh, like a real omission. Ooh,
0: yeah, some Anne Rice. Get some Anne, Anne Rice in your in your literary oeuvre. I should. Yeah. No, I mean, because I actually, like, I wanted to write, I don't know, I like, I have, like, a,
1: a book that I finished that includes, like, a Potentially immortal character that is probably Ooh. from the seventeenth the century, but I but Ooh. I realized I was like I don't know enough about vampires, and I realized at some point that like my vampire is a Protestant and like that's already kind of difficult. Yeah, um, Pro- a Protestant <laughs> vampire. Yeah, it's a very Catholic aesthetic. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> right? but, uh, I mean, they can they can be devilish or they can be Catholic, but I don't I don't think that there's that many you know yeah i'm trying to Protestant, think of any. Like, capitalist vampires <laughs> um,
0: very interesting i i watched um nick cage uh, in vampire's kiss recently for the first time and that's kind of a um it's like a new york 90s office worker vampire okay tale very cool yeah um
1: there's a whole thing about nick know. cage i never quite understood it i haven't seen him in that many movies like i saw him in mandy
0: or something um, he's great and wild at heart, David Lynch. I didn't see that. That's a, yeah. that's a really good one. I, 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 like, yeah, he, like, became, like, a fucking, like, meme-type guy, which, like, was annoying, Yeah, it was, like, uh, a Chuck whatever. Norris thing or something. Yeah, like, yeah, he got a little of that.
1: It's just because he's, Our like... Our generation a... has to apologize for that, like... Right. Chuck Norris, Bacon, yes. normal that right. kind of stuff. Like, we did that.
0: Look, I don't want to claim responsibility for that. I was a cool kid, but I, I, I... I I ha- I've had a Reddit account, so I- I'm partially responsible, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I knew we were going to have to talk at some point about having been cringe in Reddit. Um,
0: Cri- oh, I well, I am cringe. Like, like, yeah. there's no denying. I I say I'm cool, but I I'm also extremely cringe um, in a lot of ways. So, but it's it's more the ways that are are getting like um, reevaluated. History has history has been kind to. You know, the furry, the fanfic writer, the, um, that type of, uh, uh, the anime nerd history has been very kind to us, but we lived through many years of it, you know, similar to the resurgence of comic books now that are, it's like literally like the comic book nerds, like, are our cops or whatever. Magic <laughs> Graphics was <laughs> going to put out a Doug Winger collection. <laughs> our time will come there'll be no excuse for the terror. <laughs> um, god i yeah sorry i feel like i need to like be really on it and like in interview mode but um i'm getting um to the point of the podcast where um yeah i do just want to kind of talk talk shit about like being online or whatever um, i mean i know how to use the internet you sure do um, you know, you're off Twitter now, but you are very active on blue sky where you like to, to uh, post about um, cooking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What, I what post you my cooking, cooking on there. Um, I'm trying to post jokes on there a little bit too. Oh yeah. I don't, yes. I don't know, no,
0: you're a good pun person.
1: <laughs> like, no, you indulge,
0: you indulge in some very kind of um, old school, charming style jokes. I will say. Well, thanks.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've been posting music on Instagram and and posting on on Blue Sky and it's, it seems fine. I mean it's I look at Twitter occasionally and it makes me really sad. Um mm. so I'm not sure what to say about that that hasn't been said a thousand times but you know it it was it was a place that meant something to me, you know, like it wasn't just even that I had an audience there, but I made friends there yes. and uh it was a place where you know conversations unfolded out of that that mattered to me, and you know I don't.
0: Yeah, I had. I don't think
1: anything was going to replace it. To be honest,
0: I I think you're right. Um, I mean, I did have a uh, a similar um, funeral for Tumblr. I feel like. like that was my spot, and that's mm, like where yeah, that yeah that makes sense kind of <laughs> happened for me. Because um, again, I'm I'm addicted to images more than anything else, but. Um, I do still, I indulge with Twitter because part of me likes feeling insane. So it's kind of my, one of my little vices, I guess, to, to go on Twitter and to, to see what all the fucking freak blue checks on there are up to, but also like a lot of my friends are still posting on there too. So we're all enabling each other, I think. Hmm. Um, and blue sky just isn't as fast. It doesn't give me that, um doesn't give me that you know the brain juice fast enough or whatever um (laughs) but what what like what got you into like posting more music on Instagram
1: um well I'm really I'm I'm into the idea of amateurism you know like I, I really think that like uh there was a time in my life where I kind of like so like I went to like one of those like, like this like magnet high school and it was like a kind of like a big jazz school uh, A lot Word. of music people came through this school and like a yeah. lot of them are like pros now Right And now, at the time, I remember just feeling like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, on these people's level, so I, I should, you know, I, I really kind of, like, let go of music in a way, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, but I would quietly kind of, like, I'd like, I play the piano for myself or something like that, or, like, there was one in the room or something, I would play it, but I didn't, like, get a lot better at it and just have kind of been screwing around, and now it's weird to think that, like, oh, like, those people were pros, and I'm not, and I'm not going to become one, but um, but, you know, I've been playing this instrument for 30 years. Like, why not just, you know, mess around with it? And I actually enjoy, like, you know, there was, like, once more of a culture of uh, just kind of, like, open sessions, you know, often playing, like, jazz standards or just grooving on something. Like, remember at some point I, like, walked over to my friend's place who was, like, I don't know, kind of coming down from something. And I was just, like, we should play uh, Ferris Sanders, the creator has a master plan for, like, the entire day. And we just did um, this guy came over with a guitar and was just, I don't know, it was like a good, it was a good time. Uh, and I kind of like want to share that a little bit more. And I feel like somehow if I put more music out there, what it will hopefully do is not like, it's not moving towards like a performance or a recording, but hopefully moving towards like just playing with more people and like staying on it a little bit more.
0: I mean, yeah, that's, that's like really beautiful to it, just be able to experience art and, and doing it like yeah it reminds me of like Katie Lane's comics or something some somebody who's like not necessarily like trained as uh, a drafts person but is like just making comics anyway or like um we just got in the like the the Wesley Willis's zines of truck drawings at, at the store and um uh, my my partner Joey and I were in a like Wesley Willis tribute band in college and just like i that just like making making music and just expressing yourself and like inviting others to do it with you is like it's beautiful and fulfilling and fun and it's uh it's like that's like the type of thing that's good for people to see online <laughs> too as online is like we've like more and more come to recognize as a place of like really bad indulgent addicting behavior that's not good for us to be processing all the time i don't know
1: yeah i mean i i wouldn't mind also having a space to like uh i don't know uh respond to a lot of like the daily clickbait Mm -hmm. and you know write a lot of stuff that makes people feel you know small and trounced and unreal and excluded um kind of talk about my like you know coked out inner circle you know like we're really on to something like we have the best plug um cool (laughs) yeah uh I don't know what are people doing oh I probably would also talk about my opinions like I got so
0: many of those takes loves I love firing off takes I mean, I... I mean, that's why I'm a podcaster.
1: Are, are we ready to save the left from itself?
0: Yes. Because uh, I yes. see myself as, the, like, cr- the
1: manager that the left always needed. And, uh, you know... Uh-huh. I'm new here, but, like... Right. I can see that, like, people <laughs> have not been living right. And, uh... So...
0: <laughs> I have to, like, profusely laugh because, like, it's, like... It's, like, something I've been, like, getting at with, like, that type... That, like... Po- lefty podcaster scene is like they're obsessed with like irony and having like an ironic detachment from like caring about stuff or like in a real way or like they, they do deep down it's clear but it's like it's just the constant like kind of denial of it like really starts to get to me where you have to like couch things in in layers of irony or like say it is where i'm like at a certain point it just becomes real like, like i can't <laughs> I can't with this shit. And that I'm luckily not swimming in that discourse muck as I once did. Like we have very old episodes of the podcast where we did swim in the discourse muck a little bit more before it was like um, a huge clickbaity thing to do, I think. (laughs) And more just like I'm responding to these new neighbors in my backyard who are fucking annoying me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: like honestly, <laughs> I don't know anymore what's going on. Like I'm almost 40. I, I, I just like I think uh, that like my priorities have really changed in some way and I, I I I actually don't understand what people are saying quite a lot of the time. Like yeah. I did learn about like the different dances that you can do in Fortnite Word. and I had to say game recognize gamer.
0: <laughs> There's new Fortnite dances every season they have a new season that's crazy see i'm still on the orange justice <laughs> i don't even know what that one is But yeah.
1: well i'll send you like a gift of thanos doing it okay. it's, Like snapping kind of like it's kind of vogey. um oh cool i can get um, down
0: with that fuck i'm if out, i ever do the know. nightlife
1: i'm gonna like learn the dance so that i can get out there and be like doing that to jungle or whatever well
0: i love to boogie i love the nightlife that's like been a a nice real indulgence for me to participate in and then twitter and like going on twitter and giving myself brain damage feels quaint by comparison
1: (laughs) yeah i wonder how i would do in the nightlife I, i really um i don't know that i will stay up that late um and uh Music wise, I'm always like looking for a bit of a tilt from where people are at. Like, mm. you know, all this, all this about jungle. What about, <laughs> what happened to Acid House? I want to hear some 303s. I want to hear the sweep and the squelch of it, you know. And, uh, wow, you know, people don't, people don't make the music I like. Really you really know, are gra- grandma coded. <laughs> there was this like, uh, there was a, like a series that was, I think that maybe it was like Compost Records that was putting them out that was called mm. like uh, Future Sounds of Jazz. Mm. And, like, I would say Future Sounds of Jazz, like, volume, like, three through seven were just incredible. Um, Everything that Compost Records was doing around, like, 2000 or early 2000s, I really want to get back to this kind of, like, uh, the sound of, like, uh, I don't know, like, German jazz house that was going on, like, often out of, like, Cologne.
0: I I think that people, I will say, I think people are music nerds and are really into, like, weird jazz stuff and i think that there is like an incorporation of like um psychedelic like uh insane music that that, that like it's like uh incorporated into the history of jungle and uh and house and jungle are not that honestly dissimilar and in, in certain ways but like the problem is um the conditions that Uh, music makers live under more and more um, people do not have like similarly what we're talking about like the interiority to figure out their identity people do not have the the physical space and the uh, the money to uh, record and have physical instruments and I saw this happen throughout the music scene in, in Bushwick for many, many years, we went from like having like pretty robust, like five piece bands. Like I, I went to Sony purchase. I went, I know a lot of jazz freaks. I know a lot of jazz freaks, freaks, freaks who were, who had like five piece, six piece bands. Like they would tour and, and do stuff, but like, there's no, you cannot make a living doing that type of work anymore because you have to pay out six people in addition to, like, like, doing all the extra work of recording all of that extra stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I think this is one of the reasons why I've often felt like New York is not the place where art happens. It's a place where art is brought to market. Word. Um, and that, like, you know, when I think about, like... You know, like, I like... Um, like, I met this guy, Zach Phillips, who's got a couple of bands, Five is Gloak, Blanche, 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 uh, Geppetto Solutions, et cetera. And, like, hmm. they're great, but they they come out of the Brattleboro scene. And that same Brattleboro scene that gave us, like, um, Chris Weissman, King Tuff, or uh, Ruth Garbus. Ruth Garbus actually just dropped a record uh, called Alive People. And I think that's, like, the best music that exists. Like, her previous album, Kleinmeister, I think when I got that album... I listen to it every day for a month.
0: That's aw- I'm gonna look all this up. I mean, I, I the recent jazz group I got into, they're called Eucalyptus, and they're based in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They're Ethiopian jazz, and there's an Ethiopian jazz club in Toronto that's like very active and um, does really well. Um, is drake at all involved in because
1: oh <laughs> <Like, the laughs> i'm just thinking like if, if i had ethiopian jazz with the six god himself the six god god
0: there's i, I flatbush um has an a pretty active jazz scene that the people are still holding it down yeah. um my my good friend jeff tobias you know lives in the neighborhood does really good jazz um stuff and like uh like topos put out one of um, like a, t- a tape with him and um, a Japanese jazz musician who's like really famous, and I'm getting his name, Shiroshi. Oh, fuck. What's his first name? Can't remember. Um, there's weird experimental jazz guys crawling around. And I'm going to hang
1: out with these people. Like, I yeah. really don't know them. And like, I think above all, I just want to <laughs> say that, like, I'm okay. I can play this stuff in the real book a little bit. And, like, just <laughs> hey, damn, like, just for the one time, like, it just would feel really good. To, like, I, I never get to play with a drummer. That sucks. Lord. I really want to play with a drummer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, you're right that, like, New York is the place where, like, music comes to market. or like like, But that also happens in London. And that also happens in um, of L.A., too. And, like, uh, but, like, there are people holding it down everywhere there are like weird little clubs that have weird little scenes of people who just like are still doing these art forms and there's historical preservation of places like the Apollo where that there's always going to be this like robust history um but and 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 places to perform it but you know it's not you know, it's not all. It, it, there was. I do think that it, there was a the plaque on the corner where Biggie wrote "Give Me the Loot." <laughs> it's. It is kind of. Yeah, the historicizing things like is like. It sucks that it's 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 we don't live in a a culture where like it's it's easier to have a bunch of like physical instruments and it gets harder and harder to do that and and but what's what I do like about jungle and like the the new. Um, wave of uh, freaks making weird DJ music, like weird fuck, like <laughs> fucking like experimental, um, copyrighted, like 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 just like fucked up stuff uh, is like there. It's like the children really like just finding a way to have a a coher- a kind of coherent culture and scene despite many, many, like, obstacles prevent trying to prevent them from doing so. So that, and that's what I like about, like, bootleg culture in general. And uh, what I like about uh, the all the kids doing break core is, I guess, what they call it now.
1: Well, I, I wonder if I can <laughs> put, put something out there, like, which is that if you want, like, a kind of, like, a little bit of a playlist DJ, because I don't know how to mix things at all. I don't have the gear whatever but I do have a lot of mp3s <laughs> if you want to book me at your party yeah book me as dj hard brecks hard brecks yeah um you know <laughs> we got a few different styles that we could do but you know mostly it's a lot of styles that uh they could change up you know and you should actually just trust me to like kind of move the vibe um I, I would actually, love that yeah and honestly, when and I think w- about breakcore, though, like I think about like Venetian snares. Did you ever listen to that stuff?
0: Yeah. So harsh. Yeah, people like I don't know. I, I, I'm against it. It was,
1: it was just like it felt mean. It was like kind of like horror movies or something.
0: Um, there's a lot of horror involves like the like the you know, especially in New York. New York loves horror. Yeah, these people are wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm
1: sorry to say, like, that's like, I, I thought I was going to hold back my opinion. I keep saying that. Like, do the takes, uh, fire them no, off. I, I'm sorry. It's just like, uh, do you want bad things to happen? Do you, <laughs> like, are you, do you crave the, the, the cream corn Garmin Bosia yourself? Or like, I mean, what is the deal? <laughs> I, I just, I do see it as rather, uh,
0: like, sort of sadistic. Um, I think that in the... V- in in like the wrong hands it's sadistic I, there's like certain like uh like uh like threads of like maybe the power violence scene or like the harsh noise scene that i think gets into this place where like i think i think horror i find horror very cathartic sometimes i don't i can't quite get into like um a lot of like like certainly like like the Saw franchise I think is like I can't like this is just kind of whatever to me or whatever I don't know but like I like I like horror manga I I always really liked it um there's something about things like being black and white and a, a drawing that like I'm able to process things better I'm very squeamish with blood like I faint with like when I get blood work and stuff like that but. to me the purest manga would be about love but sadly no one has ever made one (laughs) um you uh have not read one piece because one piece is only (laughs) all manga is about love like so all regular manga is about love but yeah (laughs) um i don't know I, i i do think that new york is really into halloween i think the east coast in general is really into halloween i think we have a lot of like um like demons that we either like feel like we needed to and we need to embody sometimes or that like we need to cope with. Uh, It's a tradition on this this side of the.
1: (laughs) I was thinking about Halloween because the other day I was with my friend and we were wearing, we were wearing matching linen dresses and I was in white and she was in black and we were innocence and experience. Wow. And, uh, And that I think would have been a good Halloween costume. So maybe, maybe we'll <laughs> do something like that, like a kind of a more extreme version of it.
0: Um, but, that's fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to defend like ho- horror as like an influence because it does seem like to be some sort of like unifying aesthetic that that's been happening that I, I think is nice. It it brings people into of a, a, a scene that.
1: Yeah, it brings people together funny. in a room. And then it locks the door, (laughs) you know, and then things go, go really haywire. I, 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 I don't mind. I guess somehow I, I know enough people that are kind of working this angle that, um, if there's some good that comes of it, uh, I'll, I look forward to finding out like a decade from now. It's kind of in the same way as like reclaiming slurs or something like that, where I think that like. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, you know, Mm. Lil Wayne has obviously done a huge amount of work to liberate people. And, (laughs) like, those words no longer have the same power that they did. And people are, you know, materially empowered as well um, by some of, like, especially the mixtape material. I mean, I'm not even sure what you're talking about, but... (laughs) Like, <laughs> oh you're not a Wayne fan I mean not fair r- enough
0: not I think I no, was I mean, at not, some no, point no. like
1: it's it's fair enough like that, that's not anymore those are kind of deep cuts like I, I feel like honestly we should stick to the stick to Drake
0: <laughs> I don't know anything about Drake either
1: <laughs> wow but, but you're are you going to Toronto I, mean, I, I go to Toronto a lot okay, wow <laughs> I'm a poser
0: I'm a poser I'm a fake but
1: you're just you're just going there for like the NFT festival yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: totally <laughs> oh man yeah I don't even I don't I, I've 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 lost track when you got on
1: slurs, um, but I, I didn't get on slurs to be clear. I haven't said even one on this podcast <laughs> yeah, and that's so much restraint, you yeah. know, but I really try to reserve them so that they have the maximum power when I use them in anger. Oh my God. Um, Re-
0: okay. That's what I was going to say. The, the, I do think we can already go back and look at a, a generation of people who grew up on horror, we can already kind of do that analysis. I think like, um, there's been a a evaluation of like Cronenberg, for example, as like like uh, very important uh, to. Uh, like a lot of trans thinking um i mean
1: i don't really see why he should be i will say that cosmopolis (laughs) was a baller movie i love
0: cosmopolis i am obsessed with i that is like um that is like one of my like dark horse cronenberg like favorite picks and people because people don't appreciate it
1: like, all of the non-body horror Cronenberg is actually good. Like, somehow, like, Eastern Promises was East good. History of Violence was good. Maps yeah. to the Stars.
0: I love Maps to the Stars. People fucking don't understand them. I fucking yeah. love Maps to the Stars. But I, I really like his way of... I think he has, like, a kind of Donna Haraway way of thinking about, like, um, bodies. And I, I think Existence is, like, a brilliant movie, like... Oh, legit man.
1: yeah no i i remember that like and um willem it, defoe is kind of wild in that it's a that scene at the beginning this is something it's a
0: great movie it's like like an ex like is like uh it, it it's it's very like like watching it ne- like i watched it recently like i think i watched it in college and then i watched it recently and i got so much more out of it now
1: what did you make of the ending? I remember kind of being a little frustrated by the ending, but maybe we shouldn't like spoil it for people. Go watch *Existence*; it's a good movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, pe- people should have fucking watched it already, but yeah, it, it it is kind of like the the person comes out and they get shot anyway, and uh, yeah, it's a little it's a little like *Twilight Zone* of an ending, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I
1: do. Uh, there's a. I don't know. Like I feel like a lot of stories end in a bit of a scramble and honestly my book ends in a bit of a scramble and I never know. There's something kind of interesting about that that like almost like every ending is unsatisfying. Um it's hard to think of right. a book that truly is satisfying in its ending and you know
0: that's really yeah i mean that's an astute point it's hard to end a podcast also for example
1: we ain't ending this one we got we're like gonna at go at least like two three more hours to go get we get gotta out. go like really like <laughs> we're going back to the girls chat era like five hours of just like completely soulless garbage right? so, you know rest in peace but what the fuck was that I um, never
0: got into that shit, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, no, good. good. <laughs> I'm I think pure like one of them, like went and
1: became like a fascist or I don't know. I, mean, probably, I don't want to actually tar anybody with that label, but um
0: They you know, people people dip into that like uh f- that f- fine art Manhattan scene and never get seen again, you know. They just they, they're and god, yeah, they god bless them, the they met, get like, the money. Um, yeah. What,
1: what is that story <laughs> there there's like a children's book, like the mixed up files of uh uh It's, like, about a museum? No, it's about, like, a kid who, like, figures out a way to, like, sneak into the museum and Uh, live there. Um, Which, actually, I think would be a great stunt uh, if somebody could do it. Unfortunately, I don't think that's really how museums work.
0: Well, they do do the Night at the Museums legit. Like, it's not just a movie with Ben Stiller. It's also a thing that they do sometimes where they have sleepover at the museum.
1: But I mean, like, you know, like, climbing into the sarcophagus or something with a sleeping bag and just, like, being like, I'm the Pharaoh now. I live here. Yeah, yeah, this is my house.
0: Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, also the dream of like as a kid wanting to live in the mall.
1: I didn't have that one. Oh I my god, I wanted do. to live in, didn't the want to stay in the mall.
0: I wanted to live in the mall so bad. I recently like
1: I lived in <laughs> Thailand for a few months oh, and wow. I was like in bad medical shape when I was there and it was somehow I um I I had to get my steps in you know like and I was like mm. I just like needed to walk for, like, an hour or two a day because it was, like, the only exercise I could do and it was important to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And it was also really hot. Mm-hmm. And so I would actually often end up just, like, walking around in the cir- in circles in these, like, Thai malls because they were uh, air-conditioned. Cool. And uh, I love the mall now. Like, it's really weird. Now you're it's mall really weird. Yeah, now I'm fully
0: pill. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went back around. I went, like, I I as a teenager, grew up hanging out at the mall. I loved the mall, was a mall goth, straight up was a mall goth. And then was like, learned learned about St. Mark's, started riding trains to go to St. Mark's more regularly and was like, this is the real culture. The mall is fake or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) no I'm like completely full circle I mean the
1: mall might be more real than (laughs) St. Mark's like no no offense to St. Mark's I I I like some of the people that are on on that like and I've had good experiences there like I remember Mm -hmm. I used to go to the um like I basically stopped going to a lot of stuff when COVID started and I haven't like fully gotten back to it but I used Mm -hmm. to be a person who like went to poetry readings like all the time and I would go to the marathon and I was like really like a like a endurance like marathon person i'd like get there at the beginning and leave at the end and i remember like philip That's glass nice. came out and just like That's shredded nice. for a little while you know like just playing arpeggios in that philip glass way and i was like i would listen to an opera by you about anything and they, they all sound completely the same but like <laughs> the circus one the sri ramakrishna one i I'm, saw like, him at prospect
0: park once um do a live score to um dracula yes very cool. I, I really, yeah, I mean, that's really what I was attracted to with, you know, with being in, in close proximity with a bunch of fucking artists. That's all I've ever wanted in life is just be in close proximity with a bunch of people who I think are doing interesting things that I, I want to go see and want to go experience. That's all I want in life. And it's like, and then I want that for everybody else, too. So then that you naturally drift to, for me you drift to, to uh, st- studying historical materialism and Marxism
1: <laughs> but that's and, one and of and the ways to do, to do it for sure <laughs> yeah I mean we have that I think right now um, and I agree that I think somehow Politically, there's a lot of a sense that it, it's eroding and it may not last. Well,
0: I, I, I'm, I've, you know, the, the benefit of, of grounding, rooting in one neighborhood for the past 10 years and, feing, and being very dedicated to it is that there was a time where I really felt like I had that in Bushwick at Silent Barn. And um, all of my friends, either we either, some of us lived in Ridgewood, and but a lot of us lived in Bushwick and i saw that collapse and i also saw williamsburg collapse when i was a teenager and a young 20 something so i was, i saw many waves of feeling really comfortable and and in, in in a scene where there's like oh a lot of my neighbors are doing cool stuff and like a lot of my friends are doing great projects that i can like book or like be part of and, or like collaborate with and it hurts Every time when there's a wave of something and like everybody is it pre COVID you know scattered to the winds, moving to Pittsburgh, moving to Philly, like, you know moving upstate like, and then everybody's scattered again and it's like oh well, we're all online it's like this is not what I want this is like, it's like. uh it's 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 worse than methadone it's not real like I, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know and so I live in this state of like feeling like terrified that the rug's gonna get pulled at any moment type of thing but I feel more grounded in a political movement that's dedicated to preventing that from happening again but like I don't know
1: I mean, I'd like to know more about like sort of movement history of like successes against gentrification because I don't like, you know, like I often feel like there's a discussion of something, but at the same time, it feels really inexorable. And I think that that's like deeply, deeply demoralizing. And like, it would be good to like attach conversations about that to like things that feel concrete or that feel hopeful because like, Mm. you know, tenant unions actually can work. Um, yes. And yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other things that have happened and like, you know, that are much more kind of like beat a drum, kind of get out in the street forms of activism that, you know, and and I just like, I want to know what worked uh, and how neighborhoods actually hold on or even if they don't hold on forever, like how do they hold on for like another 10 years? and maybe deepen to the point where like the people begin to get a certain kind of recognition like you know like I know a lot of people that care a lot about like gay art from the 80s or something like that Mm. and they treat like like oh you know like these guys are so deep or something like that and it's like and you know and they lived you know in in the threat of death and in such desperate conditions and I think like okay yes that's true but like that's happening now too yes it sure is and uh And also, it's, I don't know, it's like a weirdly sanitized vision of the past, because I think if you were there, then you would have more of a sense of, like, maybe you would feel that a lot of people were superficial or that a lot of the art was bad, you know, because it hadn't been
0: picked over for you by time. Or and and to that, critics. like, these people were fucking annoying because they were living in poverty and fucking, like, crazy and being insane to you all the time. <laughs> like... Well, I and mean, this is why you should get into Bay
1: Area literature, because I do think that the new narrative is, like, a true testament to people being annoying. Right. Um,
0: and, like... I love yeah. annoying people. I, I am annoying. I'm so fucking annoying. And like, I can tell that, like, especially my straight friends, like, don't want to hang out with me, which is fine. But like, it, it, it it's like, it, you have to be this annoying and belligerent to like, ma- maintain um, an interesting fucking neighborhood. I don't know. I, <laughs> I think like, uh, the history of the Lower East Side is like, just like one of the best threads to go on like because the history of organ tenant organizing in the lower east side is what won us even the concept of rent control at all like came from that organizing history that got passed down amongst many generations including a generation that was a really robust like rainbow style coalition of like Immigrants and artists working together to maintain a neighborhood identity uh, and culture. And that maintained longer than Williamsburg did. Williamsburg gentrified before the Lower East Side.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, and, and people have a, a hard time uh, understanding that history because that history is not very accessible, and um, I'm also a Sarah Schulman apologist. I'm I oh same Sarah's cool. I think I think Sarah's awesome, and I think that uh, gentrification of the mind is like a really really apt read about like what happened to like the West Village and what happened to Chelsea and what happened like, you know. It, it, and then my West Coast version of that is um, the Stephen Arnold documentary. Okay. Uh, Stephen Arnold was this, like, crazy collage artist, visionary freak who was, like, sort of associated with the Cockettes. Okay. And the Cockettes, another group that's, like, really, really important history and that still has surviving members. Some of them came to New York recently. There was a really cool screening of their short film called Trisha's Wedding. Uh, just got a 4K restoration. It looks fucking sick. It's just like a, a, a fucked up. Like. Uh, gay theater troupe. Like recreation of like. Nixon's d- uh, d- daughter's wedding. Um, and like. The media. Like sensation around that. Um, and they. Uh, took over a theater. Um, in Southern California, I'm so bad at the West Coast. I'm sorry. Uh, we can just
1: say it was on Muscle Beach.
0: <laughs> it's on Muscle Beach. Uh, they took over a Chinese theater, basically. Like they rented it out, like f- uh, for midnight screenings, and it became a huge cultural phenomenon, huge national level at at a certain point. John Waters and Divine got into it. Divine was involved. Sylvester. Wow. Sylvester came from the cockettes. Wow. Very crazy, okay. crazy, crazy, like and these are like the freakiest fucking like commune uh radicals, like some of them were Leninists, like uh you know, uh they're all like having sex with each other, polyamorous, like freakos, like and they had wow, national don't tell Lenin about that. <laughs> yeah, <he would> not. <laughs> but you know, they this had national appeal, like, and um, was a huge like cultural thing. Like, you know, similar to like, you know, ro- the Rocky Horror tradition is like the Cockettes tradition, like of going, going to the midnight show, having fun, seeing everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say this about Rocky Horror. Uh, Don't dream it, be it is oh. an amazing song that like, deserves to be like slightly freed from the movie because I just like mm. want to be able to listen to it and I also like kind of want somebody to do more with it. Mm. Um, it's a good idea. If there's anybody out there like it's a good actually, idea. I met a singer the other day, so like Ooh. maybe maybe that could be the vibe. If you're out there, I forgot your name, <laughs> but I, but you texted it to me, so way I'm wait, I'm, oh. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna start your only met ex- for like two seconds. You're also. gonna start your experimental. Um, jazz band it's going to have some breakcore influence in regards to like insane like sampling and um, remixing of existing songs
1: I mean I saw a jazz group that they were they were kind of playing like sort of like Mahavishnu like sort of like 70s like kind of fusion jazz kind of stuff but Ooh. they did a cover of Bad to the
0: Bone and it, and it was it was Ooh, I like that yeah <laughs> i'm I'm open to all of that I think that's very fun um I'm excited for that I'm the, one of my favorite go-to karaoke songs because a lot of places have it is um the opening of rocky horror the science fiction mm-hmm. where it's just like talking about weird theater history all the time. <laughs> or like whatever yeah, like the Hollywood history um i love I love rocky horror I'm an apologist but yeah I don't know the um yeah that there's there's a total grounding in um like uh organizing around like where you live like communally or like t- like like as tenants um and like like fucked up weird art it, it's like you 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 could have both it's it's cool i think <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I felt really disconnected from that, to be honest, because I've been a person who moves around a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's funny for me to think about, like, uh, like going back to the Oregon days. I remember there was a time when our, uh, our neighborhood bar, Old Nick's, they got tagged up with some swastikas. Oof. And we went out there with paint buckets and it was like it was kind of a really like an interesting kind of community moment because it was definitely not everybody was coming from the same place but all of us were coming from the same place about like well let's get rid of that yeah and so you know what we were painting was not like art we were painting like paint splotches um and I sometimes think about that as like uh you know as kind of like a moment of like natural abstract art because I actually would always huh. smile then when I would like go by you and I'd see like it. look at the splotchy paint and like yeah fuck you guys like we're not scared of you we'll just paint it right over.
0: Well, I, I can I can I can very much relate to you and um, and and now that you're here in, in in this zone I can point out a telephone pole um, near here that had swastikas on it that me and Joey spray painted over and it's like my it's like my nice bus work. it's like it's like my fucking bus stop so every time. I'm at the fucking bus stop. I see those the the part we covered over with like purple, and I'm like, I'm proud of us. That's a cool piece. I'm mm-hmm. glad we did that. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I wish I had skills with the
1: paint. I mean, it, it is, like, <laughs> I, I hung out with you know people. I hang out with people who can really draw, and yeah. I gotta bow down to it. Like, it's it's uh, so amazing. I know you, you I know. can't
0: do it either. I'm a collage person. I'm a freak. I I I don't feel disciplined enough to. <laughs> But I think you're an amazing writer, and I do think that you uh, are honing the, the craft and skill of writing, too, which is, like, a huge thing.
1: Well, thanks. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep going, at least.
0: Yeah. And you're working on something that's, like, a, a he, like, I heard, like, you had, like, 40,000 words and something. Oh, more than like, that. I don't know.
1: I Like, I have, basically, like, a novel that I finished, and mm-hmm. then, like, another novel that I, like, two-thirds finished, and... I have like rewritten them a lot and I'm not sure what to do as far as like when that's going to feel like time to send it out or when it's going to feel like time to like split off bits of it and start, you know,
0: so I have a certain yeah. process
1: where I like to like send chapters to people and, and get feedback and it's sort of like difficult to establish the right relationship with people. Cause I'm like not actually seeking editing. I'm seeking like readerly reactions. Um, I think
0: that's clear enough. You just tell people what you need and they'll yeah, give it. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, uh, but it's not really on that level at the moment. I have this weird problem right now where, like, a lot of the things that I've been writing, um, they come true. Ooh. And then I'm, like, I'll be like, oh, I have to rewrite this and I'll change something about it. And then, like, that will happen, like, a month later. But they're not. But it's, like, feels, like, very, like, magical. Um, yeah. But in a way that's, like, so far I've been mostly benevolent. But it's, like, a little bit scary. Because then I'm, like, well, <laughs> but maybe I shouldn't call it done. Like I wrote a poem recently, and the poem just like happened. That's um,
0: wild. I mean, you manifested it. Grind set. You're... Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of into like that type of woo woo thinking more and more. Um, like, power. Like not to go all like um like life coach power of positive thinking or whatever because like that's like really obnoxious. But like. Um, it is really nice to like um, like I don't know there's this local artist Josh Slater who does these great um, bumper stickers and one of the ones he does that's like my favorite it, it just says I live out my fantasies and I do I live out my fantasies it's great it's yeah. fun and like I don't I, I, I part of like transition that was so powerful for me was like dream it be it I did it I did it like and like and and going out and being out in the world as that embodied makes other good things happen because I want it to and I want my desires to be real so I'm going to find a way to do it or whatever but I can see how you're saying it could be spooky when it's like more like something about the world or something
1: yeah like in this (laughs) case it was like a poem that involved like uh you know, being abducted by aliens or becoming <gasps> the 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 uh, plate mail knight from the cover of uh, Re- Return to Forever's Romantic Warrior, and like, but then like all that happened, then like, like the the next day,
0: like you got abducted by aliens. Wait, yeah, basically. What? Yeah. what? But it was
1: fine. It was fine. I'm back. It's all good.
0: Wait, we yeah, can't end. The- how are we going to end the podcast? Actually, I got
1: to hit you with the Men in Black pen. Like, oh. Um, Jackie,
0: so good to see you. How yeah, are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: uh, <laughs> respect to my brother, Will Smith. Like uh, he <laughs> did no wrong. Chris uh, Rock deserved the slap, I, not because of I what love he this says, take. I love but this because take. of what he is.
0: Okay, yes, cool. But mm-hmm. also, Will Smith deserves to be slapped, too, in that case, then.
1: Maybe. You know, <laughs> maybe. I. I Listen, I, I'm not trying to take sides in a fight. I guess I did, but I I, I feel like I'm I'm now I'm finished taking sides, having done it once.
0: I mean, so. I'm definitely pro the slap in general because I just love spectacle and give me more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but oh my god, we must be going for so long. I haven't been. Oh, we're we're at a good stopping point. This is great. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, how, how how do you feel about um, plugging? You want to plug your blue sky. And plug your Insta. Um, we mentioned. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You can all like follow me there or something. I can. I have like these codes to get on Blue Sky too, if you don't want. But escape uh, me too.
0: I have. I have like. I have some too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. What to plug? Let me actually plug this Ruth Garbus album called "Alive cool. People." Great. Uh, it's on Bandcamp. Just dropped the other day. Um, Rap <laughs> Pereira just dropped a great project, um, uh, Asiatic Black Wizard Funk. Uh, wait, wait, Asiatic Black Wizard Lily Funk is the is the, the track in all caps. Cool uh, AD just dropped a crazy track called Nog Champa. Yo,
0: um, you know like, I'm a po- po- fucking I'm a dos racist apologist for sure. Oh well, his yeah. like
1: later on, like the mixtapes <laughs> he's been dropping for the last few years, like this one is just. It's just seventeen minutes of absolute flames. I listen to it like every time I leave my house.
0: Ooh, okay, yeah, I could fuck with that. Even though like he was like an asshole or something, I don't know the story of the gossip, but whatever. It's good music.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and people also write things that are good. I just I can't remember. Like uh, writing,
0: like yeah. writing you read recently.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm afraid I'm I'm not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> but I, I I think like. uh you know, people are really nice and they're really going for it. And so am I. So maybe, maybe later.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I loved all those plugs, those music plugs. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I am excited to be doing a, a drag show at Got Your Hall. It's kind of on, on the mm. DL, but um, I think it might be the first one ever. Um, and then I'm also really into this group called Hell Tech who are like, uh, kids from new york who are doing really cool work and music and i'm going to their shows more often now and they i'm gonna to go to the machine girl halloween shows everybody should go to those that's gonna be fucking fun um
1: <laughs> well there's a poet who lives around here named arrow tallow whose mm. poems, like, um, they post poems on Instagram every single day, basically. Ooh-ooh. And, like, they're very they're very John Ashbery-like, and they're very, like, there's a lot of quotes from Ashbery. And I, I, I can't say, like, I don't totally understand the practice exactly. Like, maybe they're being made through some p- partial cut-up or something like that, mm. but it's so beautiful. Um, I and, like that. Yeah, like, the one that I read today was just, like, uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, oh, I, I bet
0: I uh, Yeah you gotta send me that I'm, I, I like that type of I, I love collage And cut up So yeah. Hell yeah Thank you Jackie For doing our Weird little show And um, Firing off those takes For our
1: Yeah thanks for having me um, Of course And uh, You know This is assisting me I, I need I think I need to get Canceled so that I can get Like a New York Times
0: column Or something I mean that is The way to success Is getting into beefs Yeah, and, yeah. So <laughs> uh,
1: I'm just gonna start Start right now Stop censoring me
0: Oh, well, Jackie, we're just, we're going to have to cut out so much of your problematic slurs and things like that. So, (laughs) well, thank you. Let's have fun out there, everyone. Bye-bye. Lots
2: of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.